Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. carry lots of things, things that hurt and heal, yet pain tells us a nail from the things that we hold on to. But even in our misery, we're clearly undeniably called to a greater purpose by the one who made us. When I felt worthless, he said worth it. When I was sick, he said don't quit. But there was poison in my lungs from the things that I won't let go of. Yet for all it's worth, he calls me better than a hurt, that I might rise to the calling, tell sin that I ain't falling, clear the ledger cause I'm better, clean this slate his way, I surrender. All right, well, welcome Lake Point family. Hey, if you got your Bibles, head over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10. Hey, while you're turning there, um, you know, there's the tomb of the unknown soldier. I need to tell the story of the unknown Lake Point family real quick. Uh, last week in the 11 o'clock service of this campus, um, guys, it was absolutely packed. And uh, as I got up to preach, there were still people trickling in. I forgive all of you if you do that. And, uh, and as they were coming in, they were coming in and their families were looking around noticing that they weren't gonna be able to find seats together easily. And so I notice a lot more up here than you all think that I notice. And so I was watching this happen, all these families standing along the back wall. And when, I, when that happened, I saw a Lake Point family in the back row a father noticed and he motioned to his family in the row to stand up. His family stood up and then he motioned for a visiting family to take their seats, walked all the way around over here and found a seat on the other side. So can we celebrate, wait, two things. One, last week was the highest attendance non-holiday in Lake Point history. Over 15,000 people gathered at one of our six locations last week. Let's celebrate that. Let's do that. But then let's also, listen, Let's also celebrate just the spirit of Christ that we have uh, that we saw demonstrated in that family to give up their seat for somebody who might be visiting. Guys, we wanna cheer that on. Whoever you are, I wanna know who you were. Thank you for what you're doing and uh, let's keep pressing in together. Well, hey guys, we're in week two of a series that we're just calling Detox. And where this is coming from is it's really hard to get the good in before you get the bad out. And so last week we hit Detoxing Our Habits. Next week, we're doing detoxing our relationships. By the way, if you're not in a life group yet, next week's gonna be a unique opportunity for you to get to know, man, what that looks like and be able to potentially take that step. So come back next week, check that out. This week, we're hitting the area that we often need to detox that we don't realize that we need to detox. It's detoxing our thoughts, okay? And I'm just gonna get right into it. Let me just say it like this. There's a pastor I consider my pastor long distance, a guy named Craig Rochelle, who he says it like this. He says, the life that you live is a direct reflection of the thoughts that you think. It's impossible to live a positive life with negative thoughts. It's impossible to live a life of faith with thoughts full of fear. It's impossible to live a godly life with worldly thoughts. So watch this, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. One of the Proverbs, a translation of one of the Proverbs says this, as a man thinks, so he is. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So think about it like this. We could just say it in a very straightforward way. Change your thinking, change your life. Listen, in order to change your behavior, 
You've got to change your belief. Now, a lot of times we don't realize that we need to detox our thoughts. And so I just wanna get right in. What does it look like to do that? And what does the scripture say about how? Okay, so pick up with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three. Here's what the passage says. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are weapons. They have divine power. Somebody say power, power. That comes from the Greek word dynamis. It's where we get the English word dynamite. We have power to demolish strongholds. If you got your Bible, circle the word stronghold. We demolish arguments, pretensions that set themselves up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, I want you to understand what's going on in this passage. Uh, when this passage talks about strongholds, uh, let me explain something really quick uh, and just kind of lead into it with a story. Um, years ago, before I was here, I uh, spent eight years building a church together with some buddies in Nashville, Tennessee. And there's a story about a friend of mine named Pastor Craig that goes all the way back to before our church had thousands of people and had just a couple hundred. And because it was just uh, really a bunch of dudes in their 20s, like building a church together, um, our experience building that church, it was kind of like the book of Acts meets Animal House. That's kind of like what it was like. And so uh, we were there kind of building this thing together, and uh, we played for a few years this game called Capture the Flag. Now, here's what I know. There are some people who they think about games like, hey, the purpose of games is not to win. You just play to have fun. Okay, our entire staff had the mentality, no, 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 winning is fun. And so we played very aggressively, probably crossed some boundaries, had a lot of fun with it, until eventually a couple of people got injured, had to go to the hospital, we had to change the rules. And, uh, and one of the rules that we changed was that you could not attack the flag before 8 a.m. I was an early riser, I was always the first one in the office. There was one day I walked in the office, probably about 7 a.m., and as soon as I walked in the office, I just had this sense, something isn't right. And uh, I crept over to my closet, opened the closet, Pastor Craig is in the closet. He had gotten there sometime around 4.30 in the morning. He had been waiting in that closet for me to get in for the 8 a.m. bell to ring so he could attack the flag. Well, I saw him. I immediately closed the door, slammed it shut, and I just yelled, you are staying in there all day until the end of the day. 5 p.m., I'll let you out. And I went to grab a chair to put it under the door handle, but the chair wouldn't fit. And so I just told him, uh, lied to him. I said, hey, there's a chair under the door. See you at 5 p.m. And he just yelled, no, let me out, please. I don't want to stay in here for the rest of the day. But watch this. He never tried to open the door. There was no chair there the entire time. Uh, later, I had a premarital counseling session in the room next door. In the middle of the premarital counseling session, I noticed the white ceiling tiles start to move. Pastor Craig had scaled the shelves, gotten into the ceiling, was trying to crawl out. All of a sudden, I see a white uh, tile open up and two beady little Craig eyes looking down at me. I said, if you will wait, I will let you out, okay? Now, now listen, two things about that story, okay? One, it's not true. That didn't happen to me at all. That happened to somebody else, but it's a really great story. It's only funny if you tell it in the first person, okay? But number one. Number two, watch this. Even though that story didn't happen to me, the principle of that story is happening to you. Some of you are locked in a prison and the only lock on the door is a lie. That's your entire life. In fact, when we read this word here, the Greek word stronghold, it comes from the Greek word akarama. What it means is fortified prison. In fact, let me show you really quick uh, what's happening here in this passage. So this is, I did this last week. Let me get real pastoral for a second here. Why does the Bible connect our thoughts 
and talk about them as if they were a stronghold. Um, I don't know about you guys, when I look into my thoughts, a lot of times I feel like a crazy person. Um, have you ever noticed this? Like, uh, a lot of my thoughts, I call them their, uh, their two thoughts. Um, in my head, like, I got these thoughts about me. You're too emotional. Uh, you're too insecure. Um, you are too undisciplined. You're too short. <laughs> Uh, whenever I look at what God's called me to do, I have all these two thoughts, or um, I'll have these enough thoughts. Uh, like, you're not blank enough is how the thoughts go. Um, you're not talented enough. You're not godly enough. You're not disciplined enough. You're not, uh, <laughs> you're not Steve enough. <laughs> um, I'll have all these thoughts. By the way, does anybody else have thoughts? If you got thoughts like that, anybody got thoughts like that, raise your hand real high. Enough thoughts, like I'm not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, do that. Wait, raise them one more time. Raise them up really high. Everybody look around at all these hands. Will you pray for the people whose hands are down and pray for their pride issues? Would you do that right now? Would you do that? Uh, man, I, I got those. I, listen, I used to think that all those thoughts, like they were only me. And then I started hanging out with like people at the very top of their game, like professional athletes or meeting people who were like pastors of the largest churches in the world. And I started realizing like, oh man, like they got those thoughts too. What about this? Have you ever noticed, so let me get into your crazy. Have you ever noticed that like when things are going well in your life, there's this thought in your head that goes like, it won't last forever. And then have you noticed that when things are going bad in your life, there's this thing that says, it's always gonna be this way. Like, why is that, man? Let me show you what this passage means when it talks about our thoughts being a stronghold, okay? So here's what the Bible teaches. Um, you can have a thought, and, and what the Bible uses, it uses this word stronghold. You can have a thought, and a thought starts as a foothold, but it com becomes a stronghold. And what'll happen is you'll get a thought in your head, and let's say this is a thought, and let me, let me, do, my, let me do my calling, okay? So with calling, can I, can I just say this? I hate silence, especially when I'm preaching. Um, did you know this? Uh, if I preach a bad sermon, I, it's at least 50% your fault. That's what I think, because listen, you can respond me into preaching a good message even when it's not. And if you just stare at me, like, listen, let me just say, sometimes I just wanna say, I need all the ethnic people in the church to show the white people how to have church. Like, that's sometimes I just wanna say, you can respond me into having a good message even when I'm not. So when I preach a bad one, just go home and go, 50% my fault, unless you were loud. But what'll happen is, I'll get this uh, while I'm teaching. Even if thousands of people are like locked into what I'm saying, thousands of people are gonna be doing that. I'll notice the one guy that fell asleep on his wife's shoulder. Like I told you earlier, I noticed, I see everything out there. Or like thousands of people can be locked in and I'll notice the two teenagers that were on Instagram the entire message. And this thought will come into my head and here's the thought. People hate it when you preach. And if I hold on to that thought, the foothold becomes a stronghold and it becomes like a prison bar that blocks me either from stepping into my calling or enjoying my calling. So it'll go like this. If I believe this thought and I hold on to this thought, 
then every time there's an opportunity for me to bring God's word, I'll be like, oh man, no, I can't because people hate it when I preach. Oh man, no, I can't because people hate it when I preach. Pastor Steve calls, hey Josh, I want you to consider succeeding me at Lake Point. Oh man, no, I can't because people hate it when I preach. Or even if I do, it blocks me from enjoying the calling. So I had a thought, the thought started as a foothold, the foothold became a stronghold, and now it's a prison bar that's keeping me from enjoying my calling. Let me do another one. So have you ever had this thought? Have you ever had the thought about relationships, like maybe sometime in your life, somebody rejected you, and then you got this thought in your head. Here was the thought. You may not ever have realized you think this. If people really knew me, they wouldn't wanna have anything to do with me. And you get that thought in your head, and if you hold on to that thought, then you start to believe it, and what you start doing is like, even though you're in all your relationships, you hide in every relationship that you're in. And there's like 90% of who you are and what's going on in your life that you'll disclose, but you hold the 10% back, and watch this, people who are 90% known are 100% unknown. And so every relationship you get in, this thought, it started as a foothold, it became a stronghold, now all of a sudden that thought is a prison bar that's keeping you from enjoying any relationship you step into. So now you're in this spot, oh man, I can't step into my calling because I'm not good at it. Or you go, oh man, I can't step into that relationship because people hate me. I can't step into that relationship because if people knew me, they wouldn't wanna have anything to do with me. Let me go back to this one really quick. So your deal might not be preaching, You know where some of you are at right now? You just turned 50 or 60, maybe you're getting ready to turn 70, maybe 80's around the corner, and this thought, there's a thought getting ready to start in your head. Here's the thought, I'm too old to be used by God now. I'm too old. The opportunity passed me by. Somebody, uh, there's an old dead theologian, guy named J.C. Ryle, he said this, what Satan says to you when you're young is it's too soon to serve God. What Satan says to you when you're old is that it's too late. And now you're in that spot, can't step into calling, too old. Can't step into calling, too young. Can't step in a relationship, people don't like me. What about this one? <clears throat> what about your beliefs about God? Some of you, here's what you believe about God, and I don't know where you got this, but what you believe about God is that God is angry at me, disgusted with me, or disappointed with me. And because of that, like even though you go through the motions and you're reading your Bible, your heart's not surrendered to the Lord because you think that he wants to take from you what would really make you happy. So now it's like, man, I can't step into my calling, I can't step into relationships, I can't step towards God, and then you do this last one. And here's this last one. Man, you might be in a spot where it's like, dude, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this. Do you know where some of you are at? Let me just get like real, for real, for real, for a second, let me do this. Do you know what, some of you ladies, do you know what you've never done in your entire life? You have never stood in front of a mirror and thought, I am beautiful. You have never done that. Every time you stand in front of a mirror, what you think is, man, I sure wish I had a little more here and a little less there. And I'm not pointing, but you know where I'm talking about. That's all you think every time. And so what you do is because you think that you're trash, you date people and you allow yourself to date people who treat you like trash. And what happened is you had a thought once upon a time, that thought started as a foothold, it became a stronghold because you hung on to it, and now here's your life, your life's a prison. It's like, man, I can't step into calling, I can't step into relationships, I can't step towards God, I can't step towards a godly spouse, and guess what happened? Those thoughts started as a foothold, they became, guess what, a stronghold. But guess what 2 Corinthians says? It says, we are people who have power to destroy arguments. We have a a power that is above every worldly power, the name that is above every name. And so guess what we do? We are people who we demolish strongholds. Now here's a question, how do you do that? When there's a stronghold in your head, how do you do that? Well here's what you gotta do. The passage says that we quote, take 
every thought captive and we make it obedient to Christ. We're never gonna see a thought that we don't make obedient to Christ. Now here's a question, how do you do that, okay? Well, when it says take every thought captive, it's painting this picture of treating thoughts like war criminals or spies. Now, do you know what you do with war criminals? You interrogate war criminals. You interrogate spies that are on the inside working for the outside, okay? Now, let me, let me shoot you really straight. I have never seen an interrogation, but I did watch the greatest TV show ever made, 24. I did do that, okay? By the way, that's the third time I've mentioned the greatness of the TV show, 24. Uh, a couple weeks ago, the guy that played Agent Pierce, the President's Secret Service uh, d- d- detail on that show, he actually came to Lake Point and said, hey, that's the safest I've ever felt in a Lake Point service. Right there, that guy was here. Now, now listen, okay, so what we do is we're gonna interrogate them. Now, from my 24 viewing experience, do you know what happens when you catch a war criminal and you interrogate them? You sit them down in a chair, somebody tortures them off the record, apparently that's 24, okay? And then you ask this question. Here's a question you ask. Who sent you? Where did you come from? Or you ask this question. Who are you working for? Hey guys, here's the thing. Do you realize that some of us, we never think about what we think about? We never stop to go, anytime a thought comes into our head, we never stop to ask the question, who sent you? Who are you working for? What are you trying to do in my life? And here's why you gotta do that. Because the Bible says there are three people that are putting thoughts in your head and because they all come in your head, they all sound like you. You, the spirit of the living God and the accuser, Satan, the devil, whatever you wanna call him. All three of those voices are in your head. And because they're in your head, they all sound like you. So every time there's a thought, you gotta sit it down and you gotta ask the question, who sent you? Because if that was a thought that came from Christ, we know where it leads. It leads to joy, it leads to peace, it leads to power in the Holy Spirit, it leads to fullness of life, it leads to calling, it leads to all of those things. We know abundant life. But if it's a thought that came from the enemy, if you hold on to that thought, you know where it's gonna take you? He came to steal, kill, and destroy. It doesn't matter how good that thought feels, how comforting it is, it doesn't matter all those things. If that's a thought that's from him, we know the destination is death, loss, and destruction. So what we gotta do is take those thoughts, any thought that comes into our head, and before a foothold becomes a stronghold, we've gotta interrogate it, take it captive, and make every thought obedient to Christ. Do you know how you do that? Remember in the book of John, Jesus said this, it's so comforting, he said, my sheep hear my voice, they know me and they follow me. Do you know know what it means when Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice? Listen, if you were to put a thousand women on the phone on the other end of the line as me, I could recognize which one was my wife, Jana, instantly because I know what Jana's voice sounds like. I've spent 15 years hearing that sweet voice over and over and over every day for hours a day hearing that sweet voice over and over and over. You put a 1,000 women on the phone, in 10 seconds I can go, that's the one that's Janet, but watch this, this is even better. Even if every single one of them were somehow magically granted the ability to talk in Janet's tone of voice, I could still tell you which one was Janet and which one wasn't, you know why? Because I know how Janet talks. I know the type of things that she says. I know the type of things that she would never say. Jana doesn't say in the morning, Jana says of a morning. I have no idea why. <laughs> Jana's family, Jana's family doesn't say all D, they say all duh. I don't know why. They just do. 
Uh, Jana, every time I preach, before I preach, she did it this morning. Jana says the same sentence to me every single time. She gives me a big hug. She whispers right in my ear, and she says, it's gonna be great. And listen, you put a 1,000 other women on the phone with me, and in 10 seconds, I'm gonna be able to tell you, I'll be able to go, that's not Jana, because she doesn't talk like that. Jana would never say that. Jana would never say that to me, or Jana always says that to me. And listen, a Christian disciple is somebody who has spent so much time with Jesus that when the voices come in our head, whenever there's thoughts in there, we can take every thought and instantly we can go, he would never say that to me. My God would never talk to me that way. My, my, Jesus does not, he doesn't come to me like that. Listen guys, what we can say is we can look at those thoughts and we can go, he died for me. He wouldn't say he's gonna destroy me. He loves me, he would never tell me he's gonna leave me. Guys, listen, he created me. He would t never tell me that I'm trash. He went, he said that he went to prepare a place for me. He would never tell me that my story ends in failure, burnout, disaster. So we take every thought captive and we ask, who sent you? Who are you working for? And then we get rid of the ones that came from anybody besides our Lord Jesus. And we hold on to the ones that come from him. Now listen, here's what you gotta know, man. Whenever it comes to thoughts that are forming in your head, that want, the footholds that wanna become strongholds, what you gotta know is, that, here's what everybody's gonna tell you. This is what everybody told me. Hey man, when you're struggling with toxic thoughts, here's what you gotta do. You gotta let it go. Just let it go, man. Just let it go. Can I tell you something? Listen, listen. Whenever I try to let toxic thoughts go, they boomerang back. <laughs> Have you noticed that? You're terrible. You're terrible. You know, it's like every single time. I don't know what happens, man. It's just they, they just do that. So listen, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work just to go, I'm just gonna let it go <laughs> because they're there. So, so do you know what we gotta do? Well, remember, what we do in this passage is, listen, it says that we make those thoughts obedient to Christ. We don't just let them go. We make them obedient to Christ. Think about this. Philippians 4.8 rephrases what we're supposed to do. It says, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, watch what it says. Think about these things. Everybody say these things. These things. Think about those things. Now, listen, here's how this works. Guys, listen. Toxic thoughts cannot be removed. They've got to be replaced. Toxic thoughts cannot be removed. They've got to be replaced. So anytime a thought comes into my mind that I know is from the Spirit, that was sent from God, that aligns with his ever-living, ever-breathing, absolutely true word, then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, listen, I'm gonna hold that thought. I'm gonna hold on to that thought for dear life. I want you to get this phrase. I'm gonna hold that thought. I'm gonna hold that thought. You, you guys say it with me. I'm gonna hold that thought. I'm gonna hold that thought. And you gotta learn that whenever those thoughts come in and you're like, man, that is a thought from the living God. The only way to get rid of, rid of the toxic ones is to hold on to the ones that are true, excellent, lovely, commendable, worthy of praise. That's the only way. And whenever those thoughts come in, I gotta hold that thought. Now, let, me, let me do this real quick. Let me show something. Uh, let me do this. You guys look like nice people. You guys right here, that's Jeshua. I know Jeshua. Jeshua's on our staff, man. This is a good looking guy right over here. Okay, Jeshua, these are nice people. These people have the faces of people who would never send me an angry email after a cat joke. That's what that's what they, will you, you two, will you come on up here? Come on up, man. They, by the, they have no idea what's getting ready to happen. They got, so give them a hand for their bravery. Will you do that? Come on, man. Come on up here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for playing along, man. 
All right, you guys come right over here, right over here, okay? Um, all right, Jeshua, and then tell me your name. Kristen. Kristen, all right. You really are, man. It's a good-looking guy right here. This is Jeshua. Jeshua's on our video team. Je- by the way, did you make that series bump? I did. So he made the series bump for this series. He did a pretty good job, didn't he? This guy did a pretty good job. Pretty good job, okay. Now watch this. Jeshua, will you do this? Will you just, now, doesn't have to be anything sexy, just keep it simple. I don't need you to, don't, don't make this censor worthy up here. Will you hold her real quick? Will you just hug, hug each other, something like that? There you go. No, it doesn't have to be anything sexy, just keep it simple. That's it, man. We're gonna do a hand check here in a second, hand check. All right, there we go, that's good, that's good. All right, that's good. You just hang on right over here. Is that good? Can, will you do that for me? All right, anything for the Lord, pastor. That's what he's saying right there, okay. All right, now let me do this. Let me get, uh, let's see, where, where are you at, where are you at? Bruce Coonrod, come on up here. Let's get Bruce over here. Give Bruce a hand while he's coming up too. Come on, Bruce. Bruce, thank you, sir. Here we go, here we go, here we go, you got it. All right, now Bruce, you stay right here. Bruce, you're a good looking guy too, man. (laughs) All right, now listen, here's what's gonna happen. You are gonna be Philippians 4.8. Whatever is excellent, whatever is lovely, whatever is beautiful, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of praise, you're gonna be Philippians 4.8. Now, Bruce, I'm really sorry, man. You're gonna be 2 Corinthians 10. You're gonna be arguments, pretensions. You're gonna be everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Okay, now listen, what we wanna do is these are the thoughts we wanna hold on to. So like when somebody's trying to get us off these thoughts, listen, we wanna hold on tight, but listen, Listen, do this, just for the sake of my illustration, sometimes what we do is we do this, you, you come over here, and Jeshua, I, I need you, can you snuggle Bruce? Will you do that? Go over here. Will you do this, snuggle, real, real close. Bruce, Bruce, take him in. Come on, Bruce, do that. Listen, now let me ask you all this question. Let me ask you this. Why would you let go of this to hold on to this? Why would you do that? Why would you let go of this? to hold on to this, why would you let go of everything that's lovely, excellent, worthy of praise, true? Whoa, 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 what are you doing, bro? And sometimes what we do is we cling to these things, what we gotta do, all right, you can do it, let him go, let him go, let him go. Bruce, get out of here, we don't like you. We don't like, listen, we like you, we don't like 2 Corinthians 10 things. You get out of here, you get out of here. What we wanna do is we wanna come back over here, we wanna, listen, here's what we wanna do. We wanna hold that thought. We wanna say it with me, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We wanna hold on to, you guys get out of here. You guys did a really good job. That's awesome, man. We wanna hold that thought. We want to hold that thought. And listen, some of us, we never think about what we're thinking about whenever something comes into our mind that we know is from the Lord. We wanna hold that thought. And what you're gonna notice is that as you hold on to the thoughts that are from the Lord, all of these strongholds, we have power to destroy strongholds. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And so when a thought comes into our head, listen, some of you, the problem is not that you're thinking about the past. That's not your problem. The problem is that you're not thinking back far enough. Don't think back 20 years. Think back 2,000 years. Don't dwell on the past unless it's Golgotha. And some of you, instead of thinking about what somebody did to you 20 years ago, you need to think about what somebody did for you 2,000 years ago, and then that thought starts to fall. 
And then watch this, some of you guys, you're not, the problem is not that you're thinking about the future and what might happen tomorrow, what might happen in an hour, what might happen in five years. The problem is you're not thinking far enough into the future. Don't think five years into the future. Think about the day when Lord hastes the day and our faith shall be sight and the cloud shall be rolled back as a scroll and we will see Christ return and he will wipe away every tear from every eye and then all of a sudden that thought starts to fall. Listen, for some of you, every time there's a voice in your head that reminds you of everything that you're not, man, I'm not smart enough, I'm not disciplined enough, I'm not godly enough, I'm not talented enough, I'm not old enough, I'm not young enough. Whenever there's a, that voice in your head that reminds you all the things that you're not, you go back to your Bible and you remind that voice of the things that you are. I am loved, I am pure, I am holy, I am honorable, and then that thought starts to fall. And listen, whenever there's those voices in your head about what's your, your insufficiency, and it goes back, same thing, it's like, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough, I'm not weak enough, I'm not, or I'm not strong enough. Listen, we go back and we hold on to this thought that his grace is sufficient for us because his power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses because when I am weak, then he is strong. And then that thought starts to fall. And guys, all the things, all the things, all those thoughts, those pretensions, those lies, the false arguments that started in our head as a thought and then they became a foothold and then they became a stronghold, a fortified prison locking you in from the life that God wants you to have, those things start to melt away and here's what I know. There's some of you that there is one thought that you have never replaced that it's time to replace today. Now some of you guys in this spot where You've been coming around Lake Point for five or six weeks or five or six months, and you have never crossed a line of faith, and you've never had this thought, you've changed your thinking about Christ where you've gone, I believe that he is the savior of the world. I believe that he died for my sins. I believe that I can be adopted by the living God and that all my sins can be taken away, that, uh, that uh, I can be made new. That's a thought that you've never given yourself to. And listen, today's that day. Today's that day. I said, man, would you guys do this at all of our campuses? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you're in a spot where you have never crossed a line of faith, and it's time, it's time for you to come to the Lord. And you're realizing, man, I need to do that. I need, I need to cross a line of faith. Would you just pray this prayer with me real quick? Just from your seat, silently, but from a heart that means it. Just pray, Lord, I know that I've sinned and I need your forgiveness. From this day forward, as best as I know how, I will put you first. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that he rose from the dead. And I believe that he can give life to anyone who calls on his name. And so I call on your name. Thank you, God, for saving me. Man, keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. And uh, if you did that today, and it's like you're crossing a line of faith, best decision you ever made. Hold that thought. And if you do that, on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. And uh, one, I, 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 uh, I do not believe that that's a saving prayer unless it's something that you mean from the depths of your heart. And, and if you're not willing to at least raise a hand and acknowledge what just happened, I promise you're not willing to follow him to a cross. 
And so on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. I believe that something solidifies in you spiritually when you respond physically. And so would you do that on a count of three? If you cross that line of faith today, count of three, one, God loves you. <laughs> Two, you came here for a reason today. Three, just put your hand up in the air right now, real high, real high, real high. I have decided, real high, hands all over the room. I have decided, I belong to Jesus. Amen. Yes, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. slash